Well, here it is, the next episode of Aussie Rideshare. And I really am truly blessed that I get people in my car that are willing to share their stories. They're ordinary people, as I say, with incredible stories. And I just want to also highlight to everybody that these conversations in this episode, as for the last couple, were actually recorded before the current COVID outbreak. And let's not panic. I do have enough conversations for the next couple of months, but I'm hoping that things will clear up soon so I can start recording conversations with those incredible passengers. So enjoy the episode as much as I did in recording it, and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, my name's Christian, and this is Aussie Rideshare. I quit my corporate job so I could spend more time with my amazing daughters and have incredible chats with regular people here in Sydney, because life's too short not to do something you love. So next job of the morning, this is job number nine, is Sunaina. There we go. Stay there, Sonana. <coughs> hey. hey, Sonana, how are you going? Good, how are you? Good, thanks, darling. I like your number plate. Thank you so much. Did you get that specifically? I got it because I... <laughs> <coughs> I, I thought it was a mistake at first. I was like, that can't be right. Is that a promo code or something? <laughs> no, it's not a promo. Um, I got it because I quite like the whole... I quit corporate seven months ago, eight months ago to drive Uber full time. Okay. I got the Instagram going. Got the number plate in December, January, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then started my podcast. So just let you know, the microphone in the middle is me recording for my podcast. Oh, awesome. Okay. So I hope you don't mind. No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> don't think about anything interesting to say, though. <laughs> no, no. Well, we've got 10 minutes to work that out. But yeah, it's just another string to that bow. So I just okay. I just love everything that I do. So what did you do before? I was a relationship manager walk, working, actually, on Walker oh, really? Street in North Sydney here. What was the final stop? Life's too short. Yeah. Uh, very hands-on dad, and it's all about them. So I share care week on, week off. Okay. But very hands-on in the sense I haven't missed an assembly, school, play, whatever it is. I mean, That's I'm the school handyman. After you, I'm actually going to, you'll be my last trip this morning. We're then going to go and feed the chickens at school. Oh, wow. So they've got, <laughs> they've got 15 chickens at school, okay. and I'm the chicken manager. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, isn't it? But... That's my thing. So, and I'll jump back in the car. I'll go and have a coffee with the mates. Yeah. I'll catch up with the dad that helps me with the podcast. Uh-huh. And that's it. Job done. Jump back in the car for three or four hours this afternoon. Put an open fire on tonight with a glass of red wine and some pasta. Okay, you're making this sound really good. It is, isn't it? Isn't it? Sounds really cool. It does sound really cool. Sounds, now, what is it that you do? Um, so, I work in consulting. So, I have a very, very different schedule. Um, like, um, yeah, I am. Um, I'm constantly working, so what you're saying to me is like music to my ears. Yeah, there you go, there you go. So how long have you been consulting for? Oh, my whole career, like almost 10 years. Okay. But I actually, I've actually quit. Um, so good, we, good on you. Yeah, well, <laughs> who quits their job in the middle of pandemic with no backup plan? I do. But you know what, that's, that, that, that's a really brave move. <laughs> what are you going to do next, do you think? So actually, actually, I do, you know, I, I say I don't have a backup, but so... We're actually moving back to the UK, which I know is ridiculous. So where where were you where were you where are you from? Where were you born? I was born in okay, so I was born in London, but I grew up in Malaysia. Yep. And then I moved to the UK for university, and I was there for twelve years. And then we decided we'd come live in Australia for a while, so we've been here for two years, and now we're heading back. Wow! And we is your partner? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And um, everyone thinks we're crazy for going right now, 
What are you going to lose? Life is too short. It is. Everyone's like, you're going back to Virus Central. I'm like, yeah, okay, but I don't think it's any worse than being in Melbourne, for example, right now. There you go. There you go. But yeah, as you say, life is too short, so we're just going to go for it. Good luck. We don't die along the way. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. So, what do you think you'll do when you get back home? Honestly, I think I'm going to take a break. I've worked like a crazy person for two years, like every weekend, every night. That's I'm, mad. I'm too tired to even... At first, I was trying to look for other jobs in the UK, and I was like, I'm just too tired at the end of the day to do this. Get yourself grounded, yeah. and then start again. Yeah, we figure we can make it work on one income. What, what, is your, what does your partner do? He's, um, he's an ethical hacker. A what? An ethical hacker. What the hell is that? <laughs> he gets paid by companies to hack into them, to tell them where they're, where they're weak, basically. Really? Yeah, it's a really cool job. I mean, he says it's less cool than it sounds. Oh, it's, it's, it's a cool job. Yeah, and he loves... His actual title is Penetration Tester. Penetration Tester? Yeah, which I hate saying wow. to people because it just sounds so dirty. What does your husband do? He's a penetration tester. Yeah. Well, The first okay. time he met my parents, that's what he said his job was. And I was like, could you just not? Like, <laughs> my parents are quite conservative. And I was like, oh, I hate you so much right now. That is awesome. <laughs> How did he get into that, though? Um... His dad actually. So his dad does like. His dad was a penetration no, tester. No, his dad is like a corporate. He does like. He looks into like. I don't know how to explain. It. It's like he doesn't do corporate espionage, but he kind of finds out when those things are happening, like corporate investigations. So is your? Are, are you guys like spies? No, his dad was his dad was ex-police, and then he kind of did. This. Oh yeah, so, I bet like, he was. He works like in. He's based in Hong Kong, so he does a lot of like due, due diligence for foreign companies on like Chinese suppliers and things like that. Um, so he has contacts, so my husband studied like uh, computer science and he kind of got him into this internship and it's kind of all just rolled out from there. So where did you meet the penetration tester? Um, in Malaysia, so his parents, he grew up in Hong Kong, <laughs> sorry, our, our, our life story is very geographically dispersed. Um, he grew up in Hong Kong, but like when he was about 17, his parents decided they wanted to retire in Malaysia because they've got this great retirement program there. Um, so yeah. He, they, and he ended up going to school with me, so we've been together since high school. Is that right? Who approached who? Okay, so I liked him first. Of like, you I did. thought he was really cute, and he rejected me. What? So, yeah, he did. He was like, I don't see you that way. And For a smart like, man, he's made some silly moves. Yeah, exactly. And you know, when you're a teenager, you're so like dramatic about these things. So I just refused to speak to him for two years. Good and girl. Then, yep. And then I think we got paired together on a science project, so we had to speak to each other. Um, yeah, I know this is such a lame old story. That is ridiculous. Yeah, and then he started liking me, and then I was kind of like... I oh, bet no. you... Okay, I don't think he started liking you. I <laughs> think he always liked you, but he was trying to be too cool. <laughs> Maybe. And then he nearly lost you. Maybe, yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, and then I kind of... You know, I'm a forgiving person. Of course you so, are. Yeah. Of course you I are. I've kind of been able to get rid of him since. I've tried. <laughs> I really have. Now we're married, so we're stuck for a while at least. And any, any kids? No, no. Wow, okay. You don't, um, you don't need to say it so excitedly. <laughs> Sorry. No, I mean, I think it, it's not on the table just yet. Um, maybe in a couple of years. <laughs> so, who, I mean, so, I mean, I love the fact that you're you're quitting. I think that's a really brave move. Yeah, everyone thinks I'm nuts. I don't. I absolutely don't. I think I think you've absolutely nailed it. Yeah, hopefully. Um, absolutely nailed it. I think more, more power to you, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Uh, I haven't have even had time to think about what I'm going to do with my time. I'm Don't worry really about, excited it. about it. Don't like, worry about it. I'm just, I'm just so tired. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy the fact that you can live off one income. 
Yeah, um, I don't know how long it's going to last. But maybe. you know what? Make it, make it, you know, stretch it out a little bit, do what you need to do. Yeah. And while the penetration test is doing out his stuff, <laughs> I love that. I love that. What a title. Yeah. What? I mean, how do you even advertise? There would have been a lot of people advertised for that for the wrong, or applied for that for the wrong reason. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't know what they call it. I think they call it, when they advertise, they call it something boring, like security consultant. Wow. I mean, it's not really that, is it? But he's got, like, his business card at the moment. I think he's, like, senior penetration. <laughs> so he loves that even more. He, like, come, just, like, the day he got it, he was just so happy. I was like, wow, it's really insane. That is thing. too funny. <laughs> that is too funny. So um, when do you guys go home? Um, the 12th, so two weeks. Wow. Less than two weeks. Wow. So Friday is my last day at work. Awesome. And then we're going to Byron Bay for a week. Nice, I like it. And then we're getting on the plane and going. Well, good luck to you guys. Thank good you. Luck we're to excited, you guys. we're excited. Um, I go through I go through phases where I'm really excited. Then I, like last night, I just went through like a panic phase where I was like, what am I going to do? Aren't you excited about going to see your friends and family back home? Yeah, I really am. Like, honestly, like if I have to admit that that's probably why we're not staying because we just haven't really made a good group of friends here like we had in the UK. You've got you've got acquaintances and that sort of stuff and Yeah, but it's just it's really hard to make friends when you move to country and especially when you're older, I think it's harder. Yeah, I get it. I totally uh, get like it. Like a lot of people we meet, we're just like we're just at different stages yeah. in our lives, you know, like I understand. Like I like going out for a really nice dinner and having a lot of wine and but I don't really want to go like to a club every single night. You know what I mean? It's just really hard, especially a lot of people that come here are really young, yeah. so it's been kind of hard. Um, and whereabouts yeah. in London were you based yourself? Uh, so we have a house in Wandsworth, which okay. is like southwest London, which is ironically where a lot of Australians live in London. Really? Um, <laughs> so when I was, I was in, I was, I'm, a, I'm a lot older than you, um, and I was there 23 years ago. Okay. And. I mean, Wandsworth is not a place that I would have even associated with Club Australians. Of Wimbledon, Putney. Yeah, Putney, maybe. I yeah, mean, like you know, Hammersmith, those sort of things, those <laughs> yeah. sort of places. Or Shepherd's Bush. Uh, Shepherd's or Bush. Or as an Australian once educated me, Shebu. Shebu, yeah, yeah, there you go, exactly. <laughs> I was like, um, excuse me, what? <laughs> it's a bit like penetration tester. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a line stopper. <laughs> that is that's awesome. Uh, Wands- see, the, the, the Wandsworth, I, I read a book many, many years ago called The Borables. It's about these little rat kids that live in England. <laughs> yes, Wandsworth has had a bit of a rejuvenation in the last Well, that's good, years. because I only, every time I hear that, and I don't hear it that often, it reminds me of the Borables, yeah, and I read that 30 be, years ago. It used to be like a, like a docks, I think, but like a really like slummy docks, not like a nice docks. Yeah, so the, 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 the Thames used to is it runs through it and that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. so these, these little rat kids mm-hmm. used to play with the non-rat kids um that no those are rat kids had big pointy ears but um <laughs> they used to go down to wandsworth yeah, yeah i just right. yeah wow and they used to sort of slum it, it is, down it's there very, it's getting very gentrified these days as everywhere is as everywhere um, is exactly it, like wow okay well that's you done that is that's get out of our country <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> Back. You never know. I, go back well, I don't know if you're going to be welcome after that, after oh, leaving. <laughs> no, of course you are. No, I'm kidding. Of course I you have are. to say, like, it, everyone else here is super welcoming. Like, I've never felt like, you know. Unwelcome. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good. That's, that's a positive. So. That's a positive. Well, I wish you all the best with everything you do. Thank you. 
I'm I was actually sure. talking to somebody yesterday in the UK and they were so straight laced and British and I was like, oh, I'm gonna miss this about Australians. Like, yeah, we're, so, we're pretty laid back. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, it was just so boring. There was no emotion. Like, yeah, um, our, our care factor is nigh on zero. <laughs> Mine certainly is. <laughs> Afterwards, I mean, I've, I've, I'm glad I'm in the city now. So I'm literally 10 minutes from home yeah. in Paddington. And I'll um, shoot home, grab a coffee, check the dogs, and then go feed the, feed the chooks. Chickens. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that is day done. Oh, exciting. It's crazy. <laughs> it's just crazy. I can't believe 15 chooks get me excited. <laughs> it's the small things, right? Wow, well, apparently it is. <laughs> apparently it is. Oh, you know, when my mom used to come to school to help, I don't think she fed the chickens. She probably read his books, but you know, go well, on. Well, no, I mean, I, I did do that, but I've been pushing for chooks for five years, and finally the principal. The new principal said, look, go ahead and do it. So, oh, so you're, you've brought in the chickens? These are your chickens? Well, no, not mine per se, but I mean, they, they started with six that we bought, and then I snuck another nine in just <laughs> just for shits and giggles. Um, and she came, she walked over and she got, do they, are these things like multiplying? multiplying? I'm like, are those yeah. little buggers, you know? That's, anyway, so <laughs> a, a veritable you. harem of chooks. So anyway, Thank good luck. Nice to meet you. I've you also too, Sinana. Instagram, so I'll follow along. Right, watch out for that truck. I didn't see it. Thank you. I quite like my door. <laughs> I'm sure you see you, darling. Thank you. Good luck. Bye. Well, that was Sinana. She's leaving. And good luck to her. So, the next trip this morning is Ben. Sometimes this app just goes fucking mental. 13 minutes from here. Nice, we got me in a zone for the next job to start with the $13 bonus. But I can't complain, I guess. Here he is. Hey, Ben. Morning, how are you? All right, bro. Just going through the botany, champion? Yeah. No dramas, mate. What's happening today, boss? Daughter's um. Daughter's Christmas party. Beautiful. And then um, we got the street Christmas party. Does everybody attend? On the street? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, some of the new people who just move in and rent, they don't really rock up. Yeah. So what do you do for the party? What do you prepare? Oh, we all take a plate down and then just take a seat. Yeah, and, nice um, maybe a six pack, you know? <laughs> maybe a six pack. Yeah. I'd like to take the box down, but you don't really need that with me, do they? Yeah, well, mate, you can always pop back and get another one. Another six. Yeah. What that's, do you, what do, you do for a crust, mate? Uh, sorry? What do you do for a living? I used to be into uh, construction. Yep. But I got out and got into law. Into law? Yeah. How's that going for you? Um, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still early days. Yep. When I'm working in the courtrooms, um, once I get out of the courtrooms, then I'm, I can choose my actual profession. Yeah, nice, mate. Well, good luck with that. Mm. What made you choose? What, what what made you change from construction to going to law? Um, law is one of the hardest degrees to learn. Yep. I mean, you can go anywhere with the degree once you've got it. Good, good challenge to take on. It's very difficult, man. Yep. Like the first what first year or two, the language is really hard. It's stuff that you never heard of, and it goes back to old English law. Yeah. Goes back to um, the Normandy days and all that, and how all that come about. And then it's basically just trying to understand the language, and then all the read and the amount of reading you do is ridiculous. I can imagine. Do you ever sit there and just go, "Fuck, I've bitten off more than I could chew." I've 
you learn your own style, man. Yeah, like, okay. You know what I mean? So, you, like, you learn to go for, like, mine is, like, I can go for an hour and a half max. Yep. Then I need a half an hour break. Yeah, nice. Just, I, I won't contain anything. Yeah, you see, yeah, see, you don't sort of retain what you've what you've read, do you? That's right. You could read you could read a whole chapter and not not remember a thing, and not come out with like two points. What area do you think you'd like to get into? I'll go back into construction. Right, I'll okay. go back to what I know. You know, but the heavy side of it, like like the CEO of Lin Leaks is, is a law, is a lawyer. He's not even a builder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I won't go and try to be a CEO, obviously, but I'd go into the heavy side of management. Yeah, right. So, yeah. are you what, you are you still working though? You're getting paid. What do you do to get paid? Man, because uh, of my injury, right? They operated on my legs. Yeah. They pay for my ups. They paid for my upskill, and they pay for my my living. What'd you do to your legs, mate? Um, so the arches of my feet they collapse. Just for for, for what, no reason. Yeah, for. Um, because basically I was doing 27,000 steps, steps, steps a day for the last 20 years. Wow, man. In the building industry. Yeah. And so, so they're looking after you? Yeah, they, they have to. I had to get a lawyer involved and sort of like get her to push them to get more proactive and get me re- rehabilitation. I guess get, that sort of drives operation. you to do what you're doing though, doesn't it? Just yeah, it does. Aspects. I've got no other choice. Yeah, right. Well, you yeah. know, I've got, I've got a baby daughter to raise and you know? How is she? She's only two years, but like I can't, like um, you know, I can't, I can't just jump on a forklift. You know, nah, it's not, that. it's not good for her to see that. You know, see that I've gone. You know, and what does what does the wife do? She's a nurse. Yeah, nice man. We need more of those. Yeah, she, yeah, man. She, she's she's um, she's happy in her job. Awesome. And how awesome. long have you been in Australia for? Oh. Came in 1983. Yeah. And then I left back to go to college. Yeah. And then I came after my apprenticeship had finished in New Zealand, which was not sure what year, but when I was probably 22. Yeah, right. Nice, man. You love it here? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't go back um, to New Zealand, unfortunately. I just do not like it there. Yeah, right. Uh, we, we've got it pretty good here. Yeah. Mate, you're a beautiful part of the town where you're living in. Yeah. Yeah. No 100%. complaints. No complaints, brother. Yeah, like if I go back to New Zealand, right? You can just feel the poverty. Yeah. The style of living, the cars on the road all dinged, dinged up, and they just, everyone just looks. <laughs> you get sort of back into the rut, don't they? It's bad, bad news, man. Like, I can feel it straight away. The minute I, the minute I land, just feel so when you're growing up though was that part that was part of your world though wasn't it yeah it was part of my world yeah 100% but like um, I was lucky mum was both both my parents stayed together and they both worked so I never really we never really went hungry and I ended up going to like me and my brother went to went to a boys private boys school yeah nice man um, but you know it was all around us you know what I mean yeah, our yeah. friends and that we went to rugby union school of all schools, man. Eh? I was gonna say, mate, you're a big fella. So you you played the game? I played it, yeah. But you know what? Even um, two of my cousins made the All Blacks, right? And who were they? Andrew Blowers, Ingatugumala. Mate, that's, that must be pretty exciting seeing your cousins play for the All Blacks. Yeah, it was major. You know what I mean? Um, it's such a big sport back there. Yeah, and no the, doubt. Funny, the funny thing is. 
<coughs> some guys nick themselves if they don't make the first 15 at, at Tyson. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Mate, so one that... of my cousins tried to drive himself off a cliff because he, he, he made the second 15. Alright? Didn't make the first 15. Made the second 15. And he tried to drive himself off the cliff. It's that, it's that big? Yeah. It's how serious. And what, so what, I mean... So I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't make, I didn't make union, you know? I transferred it straight over to the league. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This is a faster game and you can smash you can smash more people. What did the what did the family say to the young fellow when he tried to kill himself though? Because that that's They that's... sent him to America. They sent him to America to they do sent what? him to their cousins in America. Right, okay. To get him away from it. And then it, he didn't realise that his cousins in America were in a gang. Oh no way. So he ended up doing uh, two years in jail for when when they got pulled over he had a pistol underneath the seat. Not his, not his pistol, right? Not, yeah, he's just it's just in his cousin's car. I'm going around the block. But you, 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 you're guilty by association, though. Yeah, yeah. So he did two years in there, and then he came back, and he was a thug. You know, that's a, that's a bit sad. Yeah, it was a bit sad. But I know like a couple of friends, you know, that I grew up with. One of them hung himself in the backyard because of uh, didn't make didn't make the union. I didn't realise, I knew it was big. I mean, we, we know it's big just by the rivalry. Yeah, right, the good stories, they don't hear the other stories. They so. don't, mate, that's, that's unbelievable. And are these kids, you know, if they worked a bit harder, could they make the first grade, or are they just not at they're, that they're level? They're on the verge. Yeah, right. They're on the verge, you know. They're like being, um, they've been like told all their lives, yeah, you're going to make it, you're going to make it. And when they don't get picked? Close, yeah. And then they don't, when they, when they get cut, they, they can't handle it. No, that's tough, man. Yeah, but heaps of other kids, right? Like, they just switch coats. You know? They make a they career. Come up, or, or they come over here and play uh, play league over here. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You know, because league's an easier, faster game. And so, but what is it about the union, though? Why is it such a passionate thing for these been, kids? Mate, I don't know. We, we, play, we, we start playing in primary school. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're playing in primary school, like when you're a toddler. You go to you go to day matches. That's it's pretty. It's, it's pretty it's, tragic, it's, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's it's spread into our um, culture, into our into the Kiwi culture. To play um, to play rugby union, and then you have camps, and then you, you see all your stars, all the pe- people you grow up grow up with playing for Auckland Blues and. You see the, the, the life they lead, you know, yeah, the, you all, the, life all the money lead, and the... You see them on the, on the big billboards and, you know, I went to school with that bloke, you know. You know? Yeah, I get it, man. Yeah. And you go out, man, rugby conversations down in, like, South Island in a, in a ski hut, go on for hours, you know, like, you just... It's, it's just, just the way it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a life. It's like a, re- it's a religion, isn't it? It's a religion, yeah, yeah. you can say that. Everybody gets up in their gumboots and raincoats, and they still go to the game, man. Who's the best player you've seen in your view, in your view? I'm looking at a kid right now that that Caleb, that Caleb Clark. Yeah, I reckon he's pretty. He, he's going to be something special. Um, someone from the past. Yeah, someone from the past. Um, Who's the best player that you reckon's going around in your time? Everyone says Jonah Loman, but I I reckon he was good for his size. You know? he, he had he had an advantage, but there was a I forget his name now, a small little small little Fijian guy 
poor as. Yeah. And uh, he used to play Fiji Sevens. Mate, he was amazing. He was amazing. He wasn't a big guy at all. He was small, but he could he could move and he could get across the field really fast. Though. Who was that white the white skipper? What was his name? Uh, Dan, uh, Daniel. Yeah. Um, cannot, can't remember his name. Yeah. Um, but you got to be good to captain the. Yeah, yeah. The All Blacks. Richard McCall. Yeah. Um, I know who you're talking about. Anyway, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. You've got to be you got to be pretty special to be at, uh, at that level to coach. You know, to I mean, captain. You've got to be a hard. Yeah. Hard man, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's not, that's not a sports man. Boys play up, though. You're going to be able to shut them down. <laughs> yeah, that's you it, know? That's it. Well, mate, yeah, I hope you enjoy the uh, the street party. Oh, <laughs> it'll be funny. Get a dozen in here, mate. 100%. There you go, brother. All right, thanks See you, so Ben. Much, mate. Good luck with the study. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, champion. Enjoy your day. Thanks, brother. That was Ben. Good story about the New Zealand rugby. Pretty tragic, though. So next trip this afternoon is Shane, and it's just heaving out there. I mean, seriously, seriously busy. Bloody I. Dina, in the city. Yes, please. Work Christmas party. Hoover, yeah, no, fair enough, mate. There's a bit of hand sanitizer in the back there for you, mate. Thank you. And the microphone in the middle is just me recording from my podcast. Oh, wow, okay. Hope you don't mind. Okay. And what's the uh, Christmas party all about? What do you do for work? Uh, just here at the NCIE. Yep. So, my role is managing the youth Aboriginal mentoring education employment program. Nice, mate. How's all that going for you? Um, we would have been there just under two years. That I was managing inner city homelessness services. Wow. So, what's the biggest challenge of what you do now? Um, engagement, particularly during COVID. Yeah. It's been really hard getting all the young kids to you know, focus on their studies and, you know, of course, getting them a job because the industries have got training and like hospitality. Oh, they've been decimated, haven't they? Yeah. So, it's, mate, that's made it. So what have, what, have you, what have you had to do differently? Uh, change the concept of how we operate our service. So we've had to go virtual. We've had to be virtual classrooms and virtual mentoring. That must be hard, virtual mentoring. Well, with, with a lot of our students, we do a lot of over-the-phone stuff anyway. We right, okay. We crisis support, um, those kind of supports, and that's usually phone calls. Um, what do they struggle with the most? Experience or not having um, a qualification or training in the field. Yeah. So, um, we've been doing a community consultation at the moment to try and work out what courses we want to run next year, like what community are wanting to learn and what areas they want jobs in. So, what made you get into this job, mate? It's a pretty important job you've got. Um, when I was a young man, I left a sort of like started a career in banking and finance because you know you want a stable job to raise a family and all that stuff but yep. absolutely hated every minute of yeah, doing it because it, was, it just didn't appeal to my social justice nature um, 
So what was the light bulb moment for you to change though? I was working at a, a credit union and realised I was the loans that I was writing were more on paper. Yes, we can lend you money, but when you'd meet with them and talk with them, it was like, okay, you're borrowing to get out of debt. You know, I don't, in three months' time, I'll be chasing you for payments kind of thing. And I wanted to implement a strategy within the credit union of saying, let's, for those clients that we feel that may be the issue, we'll um, put them through a course of financial counselling just to see where their main concerns lie before yeah, wow. we lend them money. Um, but that didn't go down very well, so I decided to leave the bank. And I guess the bank doesn't... Train as a financial counsellor. Yeah, as a whole, the bank wants you to keep converting business. Well, yeah, for them... Because they make money like, off the we interest. Don't, we, we don't want to stop people from taking loans because that's where we earn our money. Correct. So, yeah, I can see their point, but... But the reality is that you, the amount of money it costs you to then go and try and recover that money when it becomes a bad debt, mm. where's the... I mean, where's the balance there? I don't, I don't understand, so... Well. So yeah, I went and trained as a financial counsellor and took up work in the community sector and since then I've worked across the board in disabilities and um, homelessness, tenants advice and advocacy um, and oh, now awesome. with the Indigenous service. You love it? Yeah. It's actually one of those jobs, like, I compare myself to when I was working in finance and um, actually really enjoy going to work every day. Awesome. And even where, like where I'm at. Man, it's a really nice place to be culturally. Yep. It's um. What's what's been your biggest challenge as an Aboriginal man in your career? Is it stigmatism? Yeah, it's still a level of discrimination. Yeah. Yeah. A very big level. It's very obvious. Um, but it's really hard to combat. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in Adelaide and I went to school with a lot of Aboriginal kids. Um, they're sold to the earth people. Mm. They're awesome people. Great sports. I mean, I, I grew up with the Wanganeen boys. I played for, Gavin played for, for Essendon. A lot of his cousins and the rest of it, his brothers and that sort of stuff, they were just they're phenomenal sports people. But they're just they're just normal people. It's yeah. just the fact that in some sense or some, some parts of society, they are mis, misinterpreted, I think. Yeah. And then and that stigmatism... Government political agenda and causation of um, stolen generation, stolen wages, yeah. you know, which has impeded generational wealth. Um, for so, what's that? What, what does that fight look like for, for the Aboriginal community in getting their land back and getting their rights back and getting paid for the for what they had taken? I mean, how, is that that's an ongoing fight, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's always going to be, and it will be for a long time because yeah. it's still. Still not 100 percent acknowledged and recognised. Um, yeah, but you know, within every community, you've got your sub-communities and, your, and facets and, and groups. And you know, as a gay black man, there's also another element. You then got a whole range of other issues, and then you look at disabilities and uh, health and all of those other impactors. So it's, what's, not, it's not just one, it's yeah, just no. one fight. I get it. You're saying you're a gay black man? Mm. The biggest challenge for you as a gay person, outside of being a gay Aboriginal person, um, was there stigmatism in your family and 
uh, was there um, discrimination in your family? No, not really. I have to say I was pretty fortunate with the sexuality aspect awesome. of my life. Awesome. Um, even when I first came out, I was sort of in, I was in a relationship, so um, I was surrounded by like-minded people. And I was at university, and, um, so I think it was a lot more open and accepting. And, and accepting. Okay. So I surrounded like that was my first few years of coming out. Um, what do you tell a young Aboriginal? lad now when he says to you I'm unsure of my sexuality or I know what I am but I'm frightened because of X, Y, Z what do you you say to them? You've got to it's hard it's all circumstantial like based on their environment yeah because we've got you know I'm uh, a board member of Black which is a Black Aboriginal Corporation which is um, for gay LGBTIQ plus community okay uh, Black so it's um depends on their circumstances their environment we get a lot of remote kids that struggle with their identity um but because of their environment their, the remoteness of it um you know all too many of them end up taking their lives because they don't feel the level of acceptance and they feel the pressure to conform and uh, I bet you there'd be a lot of families too that lose one of their loved ones and didn't even know that they were yeah, absolutely. Gay. I can just imagine in some of those, you know, those those outer communities in rural Australia, a young Aboriginal person struggling with their sexuality with a with a community that probably doesn't truly understand what it's what it means. Mm. For them to try and a either come out, they probably wouldn't do it because of the stigmatism and the the um, you know I guess just the fear of not knowing, and then. I mean, how do you then go and meet someone? How do you then, you know, actually show that you are, yeah, you know, uh, gay? I just that—that's a big battle. I mean, even for me, like I grew up not even in a small town, but a smallish, like outside of Canberra. When did you know you were you were gay? Um, probably always felt an attraction to guys, but didn't ever act on it. Okay. Or acknowledge it until I was in my early twenties. Wow. Um, I grew up on a four boys. Dad was a truck driver. Oh wow, there you go. Um, yeah. You know, your job was to grow up, get a job, get married, have kids. Like that was the name. The name goes on. That's yeah, just I what you it. do. Yeah. Um, so of course that's what I did. I got married, had a child, um, and relationship fell apart. It was about two years after that that I had my first gay sexual experience. Wow. The, did, um, your, did your ex-wife know that you were that way? No. Did you, did, there was no, in, you know, inc- you know, inclination from her that you were? No, because it was something I'd never acknowledged for myself. And that, that's that's a big hurdle in its own right, isn't it? Um, you know, I'd always, like, I, I, would, I would be able to look at a guy and go, hey, he's a good-looking guy. Um, but I never looked at someone and said, you're a good-looking guy, I'd like to lick you. <laughs> My, you know, I was married. That's just what I did. <laughs> I get it. Um, <laughs> uh, how long when I got you... divorced, I'd look at a good-looking guy and go, oh, you're, no, you're a good-looking guy. I want to lick you. Yeah, and, and you'd be okay then, with it. And then I'd be fine with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is funny. I like yeah. that. And the yeah, relationship you have with your child? Good. Yeah? Yeah. How old? He's 25 this month. Awesome. Um, married and a baby on the way. There we go, man. 
there we go. And with your ex? No, I haven't spoken to her since we separated. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. I separated four years ago. And I'm not. I don't have the greatest relationship with my ex. I have an amazing relationship with my kids. I have them week on, week off, so I see them all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's funny. Or just due to the complexity of that, I didn't. I gave up parenting rights to my son. When right. I was 10 okay. Because she'd been married, there were other children. Um, you know, I think a little bit of me feeling like oh, I do. I wanted to, you know, son going through school with everyone saying, "Oh, your dad's gay." So a bit of self-preservation for, for him. into it as well, okay. you know, trying to protect him from that. Um, Do you think that was the right choice? Um, at the time, I think it was. Um, you know, he's grown up to be quite a level-headed kid. You know, very successful young man. So, awesome. um, you know, but there were also factors that impacted that decision based yeah, on, on her behaviours. Yeah. But, yeah, I think he's, he's... He's kicking goals. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome, mate. Good story. I like that. And today, what's happening? A bit of a bit of a show. Uh, out on a harbour cruise, and then yeah, there we go. Depending on how many beverages I have on a harbour cruise, depending on what happens for the rest of the evening. I get it. Yeah. I get it, man. <laughs> I've heard that a bit this morning. Could either be a quiet, a, a very early quiet night, or a very loud on, long night. Could keep going for a little while. Yeah, I get it. Let me just um, sneak up here on the right, just to get you out safely. Where is Dennis? It's going to be just here. Actually, I'll get you on the left just here, Shane, just yeah. so that we get you safely, mate, because I don't want to make sure you're, you're right to jump out. Yeah, it's going to be around here somewhere. Yeah, it's just here, mate. It's just, I think it's, it's going to be across the road, I think, and it's not the left-hand side of you, mate. All right. Mate, you ought to grab your, your bag? Yeah, I will. Thank mate, you Mate, Shane, much. all the best, champion. Keep up the good work. Have a great day. You too, mate. Have a great Christmas. Thanks, Chris. See Thanks, Marty. See you, buddy. Well, that was Shane. Good chat with Shane. Gay, Aboriginal man. Just trying to do his best out there with a whole lot of other people. I think it's a fantastic story, that one. I really like that. Thank you, Shane. And there it is. Episode number 32 of Aussie Rideshare. Done and dusted. I really hope you enjoyed the conversations that I had with those, as I say, three ordinary people with amazing stories. And I do giggle every single time I think of the penetration tester. What a job title that was. But uh, I, look, I wish everybody the best. I really do. And I'm so glad that people get something out of the podcast. The feedback and comments I get are just incredible. They inspire me to keep going, even the days that I think I don't want to do it. And I'm sure in the not-too-distant future, I'll be back recording again. I do have still enough content to get me through the next couple of months. Let's not panic about that. But I do appreciate everybody that shares, likes, reviews, rates. And for those that take the time to send me a personal message, I can't thank you enough. It's a wonderful thing that I get to do. And I'm just really the conduit of these amazing stories that you get to hear. So stay safe, get vaccinated, and let's hope the uh, opportunities for the recording in the car get to open up a little bit faster so that I can share more of those incredible stories with you. Thanks very much for listening.